Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You're valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Okay, y'all, just a heads up that Easter is early this year. So make sure to get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. From pastel outfits for the whole family to brunch-ready serveware, Macy's has got you covered. And you're never too old for an Easter basket. So Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies, from books to stuffed animals and even slime. You can find it all in-store or online at Macy's.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures in Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Hey, y'all. This is Dr. Joy from the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. And this is a booster session. As a reminder, the information included is meant to be educational and entertaining, but is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Surprise! I'm here with a special bonus episode of Therapy for Black Girls that is the first part of an incredible series featuring a few amazing Black women in business. This series is being brought to you with the support of Pfizer. At Pfizer, they apply science and their global resources to bring therapies to people that extend and significantly improve their lives. For more than 150 years, they have worked to make a difference for all who rely on them. They are committed to providing breakthroughs that change patients' lives. Find out more on Pfizer.com. That's P-F-I-Z-E-R.com. I'm thrilled to be partnering with Pfizer on this series 
as we count down to this year's Black Enterprise Women of Power Summit, which will be held March 5th through the 8th in Las Vegas. I'll be speaking in the Pfizer booth during the summit about how our mental health is impacted by our experiences in the workplace, in entrepreneurship, in leadership roles, and in relationships with others. And I wanted to kick off these conversations right here on the podcast, talking to a few women about their experiences. In part one of this series, you'll hear my conversation with Dr. Key Hallman. Dr. Key is the visionary behind the Village Market ATL and one of the dopest sisters I've ever met. She's a Mississippi native and has dedicated her life to serving, educating, and empowering her community. A social entrepreneur, curator, speaker, and passionate educator, Dr. Hallman is committed to revitalizing and unifying her community by curating community-led events that celebrate the arts, changemakers, entrepreneurs, plant-based advocates, and educators. A guiding principle for her is the idea that each of us must dedicate ourselves to serving the good of our people. We are community. Our fate and futures are interconnected. If we act in oneness and in the spirit of togetherness, not only can we survive, we can thrive. Dr. Key and I chatted about what sisterhood can look like in business, her definition of the modern village, practical ways we can create community with other sisters, how to truly embrace a spirit of collaboration over competition, and she shares how she tends to her mental health while also tending to her business. If you hear something that resonates with you while listening, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBGInSession. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Key. I'm so appreciative for you sharing with us today. I am so excited to be talking to you, Dr. Joy, <laughs> and to be a part of this incredible platform that you created for all of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I should let y'all know that Dr. Key and I are friends offline, right? So if, if we get way too into the girlfriend chat, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Key, I just want to start by hearing your thoughts. So you are, of course, the creator and founder and visionary behind the Village Market ATL. And I just want to hear from you where this came from. Why did you feel the need to create something like the Village? You know, every time I'm asked this question, I try to always remember, what did I feel when I first had this vision? I felt that it was something I could do, number one. I just didn't know exactly what that could do would manifest into so when I'm at, well, how did you create the village market? How did you get this marketplace to grow and stretch across the country and out of the country? My next question is, God is so good, because I don't know how that happened. It happened really, really quickly. But the vision to create the marketplace, to create an experience for small business owners and people who love consumers, Black consumers, and really all consumers who love authentic, beautiful, handmade products that are created by the magicianship of Black people. I was going to several events here in the city of Atlanta. I love festivals. I love markets. That's my thing. And I would go to these events and I felt that they were void of us, of Black people. And I just started to do a deep dive of why was that so? 
I love Dogwood Festival. I go every year. I'd be going this year. But I wondered why were we void of Black artisans in that space? And I realized that the responsibility to create space is not for people who are not Black. It would be great if they were considerate of us in that way. But I don't find that joy to be their responsibility. It's our responsibility to create excellence for us. And so I didn't want to wait anymore. I knew at that time I I met some really gifted small business owners or people who had great concepts that I knew if they had the right audience, it could really blossom and bloom into this amazing thing. And I created the village market. I'd never been a vendor. I'd never booked an event space. I'd never done any of these things that now has become a career for me. Like I had to learn every single thing that people experience at the village market, everything. But I knew that I had this thing that I could see in my mind and I just kept going towards the thing that I saw. Mm. So I hope I answered that. Yes, yes. And you bring up a great point and you and I talk about this all the time, right? Just this idea that we really don't always know what we're doing most of the time. We don't know what we're doing, right? But it really is a process of like just continuing to move forward. Absolutely. I had no idea. And I think for most visionaries who pair vision with work ethic, understand that if we keep chipping away, we can do almost anything. It takes a level of humility to know what you don't know and wherewithal and intestinal fortitude to keep digging deeper to get the knowledge that you need, the resources that you need to create. Because I've learned a couple years ago, figuring out how to code things. They look like hieroglyphics to me way back when. And just understanding event management. When I say I didn't know any of these things, but I knew what I wanted small businesses to experience. And I knew what I wanted patrons to experience. And those were the two people on my whiteboard that was in my house. How can I create an amazing experience for a small business owner? And how can I create an unforgettable experience for the patrons who come? And I would just chip every day and every morning on how to create this and how to make it amazing. And here we are with your amazing experiences that are just continuing to expand. So one of the things I love so much about what you do, Dr. Key, is that, you know, yes, the village market like started as a marketplace, but it has become so much more than that. I mean, and so I really think about you in terms of recreating what a modern village looks like for us. And so I want to hear what your thoughts are about like, what do the modern villages look like? And like, how do you think we can continue to grow those in our own communities? A modern village looks like what you and I are doing right now. We are friends off in the world, but we have a great deal of respect for our professional careers and, and pathways. And anytime that you and I can work together, we choose to do so. And if we're looking for resources to help us build our individual babies, we look within each other, which means we look inside of the village. And when people think, well, how do you create community? You create community by the people who occupy the space with you, who share the same level of vision and heart and passion. They don't have to share the same level of expertise because the village is a plethora of excellence. Everybody's bringing the best of the best of the best in a level of humility, choosing to occupy space to make it better. For me, the village market had to be beyond a marketplace. 
because that was just the first step. In order to really build a self-sustaining, ever-growing community, we have to move beyond isolated island-like concepts. The marketplace is one place that people can commune and gather for small businesses. You and I have done the will to be well with women together who had a sincere desire inside of them in 2019 to feel better in their souls. But what I do know, if I didn't create the marketplace, if I didn't honor the first thing that I was called to do, I wonder if you and I would have even met. If you didn't create therapy for Black girls and be obedient with that first thing that you were created to do, all the people that you work with since and all the great things you've been able to do in the world, I wonder if people would know who you are. How you create a modern village is honestly answering to the first call that you've been given and do it so well. So when you shine so bright and you become a lighthouse to other people who are leaders and who are trying to build community and everybody start working together and you say, how did this ecosystem even manifest? It manifested because everybody decided to shine light and so bright in their calling. And it goes without question that we can see each other because we can. See, every time I talk to you, you always want to try to leave me in tears. (laughs) (laughs) Your poetic side comes out. (laughs) But, But I think, you know, I think that this just speaks so clearly to like who you are, Key, and like from our first meeting, like you are just one of those people who like the love of community and the authentic engagement with other sisters is like just so real that it does nothing but create space for people to kind of join you in that. And so that's what I really want to see if you can share for people, like how can you really get into a space of like a true idea of collaboration over competition? The true space of collaboration, sisterhood over competition is to know there's a level of self-awareness that you must have within yourself. If you do all the work inside of you to show up fully, then you know and I know that my job is not to compete with you. My job is to share space with you. And if you're sharing space at your fullness, you're not taking anything from me. I believe when we defer from that plan, how we were created, it's because we've adopted the way it thinks it's etched in our DNA at times, that we're not good enough, that if somehow Dr. Joy does well, it counsels every other Black therapist in the world from doing well. If Dr. Key does well in the Black business community engagement space, and somehow she's knocked out the opportunity for me. Authentic sisterhood is being able to identify other people's gifts and seeing how we can better put our gifts together to do a greater good. It can be intimidating, though, when you are striving to build hoping to be seen, and you feel that people in your space have shined so brightly that there is no space for you. I have a lot of grace and empathy when I see women, and since we're talking about Black women, hesitate to work together. Or when we have an opportunity to leverage where we are in the room to put another Black woman on, we choose not to. I think that comes from a place of sincere brokenness and a place where it hasn't been modeled well enough to let you know that there is enough. What we say in the village market, there's enough for all of us. For me, I deeply believe that. Like I know that everything I'm supposed to occupy in the world, I'm going to occupy fully. But I also know everything that you're going to occupy in the world, you're going to occupy fully. But the best thing that we can do is join in that together. 
And I just think it's not a absolute answer on how to authentically build sisterhood if we don't first take that step back and build all the self-love within ourselves. That's what takes away the competition because then you know that your only person that you compete with is the woman you were yesterday or the woman you were this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think it really is important to make sure we highlight the fact that like some of this brokenness is not of our community, right? Like this was placed onto our community because of history of oppression and racism. And like some of this is inherited within our community and we continue to operate out of it. But I don't think we have to, right? Like I think we can have intentional conversations like this one and show ourselves grace and compassion and thereby show other sisters grace and compassion. Absolutely. But I think when you do the self-examination that I hope that we all do, when we can be so honest, when we look in the mirror and we won't lie to ourselves, if there's anything that comes up inside of your spirit where you feel a sense of envy for the success of another person, I think then you have to start doing like the root cause analysis. Why do I feel this way? And I think if we can start uncovering those answers, we can go to a deeper truth. And it's what you said. A lot of things are already ingrained in us through our passage and enforced arrival here in the conditions of trauma that we went through. We can't change our history. But choosing to decide to do the work, to be in a space of healing, to be in a place of love, it just takes a commitment. I'm not saying that it's easy because it's not. But I know if we always just lean back on what our ancestors went through and even the trauma that still goes through the vibrations of our body we would not move forward. And if we want something better, we just have to decide to move forward in a healthier space. Yeah, and to know that we won't be perfect in that, right? I mean, you know, there will be mistakes. We're not perfect. Nobody else is perfect. But like you said, like the commitment to want to have better relationships with one another and to support one another in different kinds of ways, even in an imperfect way. Healthy discord. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and to learn when... Situations have not been the best because as much as we say black girl magic, we know that at times it can be dangerous to share space with another black woman. If we don't sit together and learn how to go through those traumatic moments and get to a place of healing, I can't imagine if that black girl magic, the sisterhood collective could be personified in a way that it comes as easy as breathing. It takes a different level of work and also takes a different level of honesty. And then we, as people and as women, when do we stop? When do we stop saying, listen, she's just choosing not to do the work. I'm going to have to let her build over there because it's dangerous for my spirit to keep occupying space. So what you're talking about is like healthy boundary setting, right? Like a a willingness to do the work with somebody. But when they have shown you that they are unwilling to do the work, that you then also have to set a healthy boundary for yourself. Absolutely. Boundary setting. And I guess as women, when we wonder as Black women, is it okay to set boundaries with other Black women? Is it okay in colloquialism to cut another Black woman off, to not work with another Black woman? I think if it's dangerous to your state of being, my answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I think that that is difficult to wrestle with, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you are in the business of like wanting all of us to win. But, you know, we often talk about like you can't want something more for somebody than they want it for themselves. And so 
you know, it does feel like, okay, I want to give you space for us to kind of disagree and for us to struggle with this and for us to be imperfect. But at some point, there has to be a line by which I also have to protect myself and make sure that I can continue to show up. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's what you said, healthy boundaries. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that, you know, people can't ever get it together and like then apologize and say, okay, can we rejoin this space? Right. But at some point there may need to be a, okay, we're not going to be able to do this right now. Right. I totally agree. I think if it's detrimental to our well-being, the way we show up in the world, this is how I set boundaries. How do you make me feel when I'm around you? Am I comfortable with shining brightly or do I feel like I have to somehow put a put something over me to dim me so you can be comfortable? Or do I share things with you and I know not to share it in fullness because somehow you're going to poke holes in my joy? Mm. And that's a word there. Yeah. And I think we just have to be honest Mm -hmm. because we can't love and be in community to our own detriment. Yeah. So I'm wondering... Dr. Key, if you notice that happening with yourself, does that then invite a conversation with the person? Or is it more of your own reflection? Like, huh, I'm noticing like when I'm in community with this person, I have a tendency to do X, Y, Z. Let me think about what that means for me. Like, do you have a conversation or is it more like a reflection thing for you? It depends on the situation. It's a gift and curse. What I feel, I feel deeply. Mm -hmm. And the other side of that is if there's something I feel that has to be said, it hurts me not to say it. Mm. I always do self-reflection first. And namely, this may be because I'm 38 years old, but I've learned to sit with my own emotions to make sure that I'm not projecting, that I'm not holding space for my own insecurities and trying to find an escape goat within another person. So I do that. I do the homework and make sure like, hey, did the situation make you feel this way? Or is this a past situation that you keep bringing to the table? But if it always comes back to when I sit with whomever, I feel depleted. I feel that I have to shrink. I'll feel like there's something that's over my beard and body. Then I know that I can't occupy space anymore. And I have just learned to tell the truth. I don't feel good when I'm around you. I don't feel that you are the happiest for me. But what I also extend an invitation, have I been the type of friend that you can be happy for? Meaning when you have had moments, did I show up for you? Mm. Because sometimes women and as people, not just women, we abhorred deeply what people didn't do. And if they never know what they've done, when it's time for you to show up for them, you hold back because you feel like they didn't do the same thing. And so I always just try to ask the question. And in that question is also an olive branch, the same olive branch that I need, the same grace that I need. But it hurts me not to say, especially to someone I love, what I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like it can be a both and there for you, not an either or. Yeah, it's totally a both and. But I sit with myself first. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like you you mentioned, doing the the self-work before you go to somebody else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have to make sure I'm not projecting. So I know we talked about this a little bit at the Will to Be Well, and you asked me in the conversation like about struggles with imposter syndrome, right? And like continuing to kind of do the work that we're doing where there is no blueprint, you know, you don't always even know who to ask. I'm curious to hear from you how you have been able to kind of overcome any struggles with like imposter syndrome or like not knowing what to do next. That is a good question. 
I think I have just learned to just radically be who I am and know that who I am is constantly evolving. I've just made the state of I don't know cool for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I just had to make it cool because if we make it cool, then we become comfortable. And I just remember sitting at tables, especially before I even started the village and I was an educator and I grew in the world of education really fast. I started teaching when I was 22, and I was in a leadership role by 23. And I would have to sit in meetings and lead teachers who were years my senior. And I would try to stand up a little taller and hope that if I stood a certain way, they would have a respect for what I knew. But I would be in those rooms, and I felt that their eyes were antagonizing me. And I wondered, was it their eyes or what did I also feel? that at 23, I shouldn't be leading teachers this year as my senior. Mm. And I just remember that feeling and I write about everything. That's the feeling that I try to remember because when I'm sitting in rooms with sometimes peers, sometimes future colleagues who've been building businesses, who've raised tons of money and I bootstrap mine, am I sitting with my shoulders up because I'm confident in what I've created? Or am I sitting with my shoulders up and hoping that they don't see that there's a part of me hoping that they don't know, that they don't realize what I don't know? And I couldn't carry that anymore, Dr. Joy. Mm -hmm. So now we'll go in meetings and say, this is what I come with. This is what I've been able to build. A lot due to vision and others by unwavering work ethic and belief in myself. This part of scale, I don't know how to reach. But if you give me a level of blueprint, this unwavering work ethic that I have, I know that I can rise and need it. I've just divorced the need to pretend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, so much of imposter syndrome can bring with it like symptoms of anxiety and depression. And like you can really just exhaust yourself, like beating yourself up about what you don't know or feeling like you don't deserve to be in certain rooms. Right. And so the idea that you could say, you know what? I don't know. Like I'm here and there is a part of me that deserves to be here, but there's also a part of me that has no clue what y'all are talking about. Can somebody help me? Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the other part of that, I think when that imposter syndrome comes up, I think it's okay to have a level of confidence in yourself paired with a humility Mm -hmm. is that you do deserve to be in a room. And so many other people who built things had no idea as well. Mm-hmm. And we asked them how they started and what blueprint. And they were like, man, I, I just believed in myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like the words that we say to ourselves. I, I honestly feel, Doc, whatever room I'm in, I'm going to make it shine brighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, a I, reason I be- that you're there. Absolutely. And I walk in that every day because I know that there are no accidents. And if there is any level of fear, I'm grateful because I'm still existing in a level of humility, which means let me go and make sure I got myself together. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So I'm appreciative for all the emotions that come with it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of all of these emotions, and again, you and I have had plenty of these conversations just about how you manage and, you know, continue to take care of yourself in your mental health while continuing to build a business. So what kinds of things have been really helpful for you? When I'm consistent, keyword consistent. (laughs) (laughs) When I am consistent, what does everything for me is getting up early in the morning 
praying first, hydrating, and going for my walk run, and then going to lift weight. This is what I need. I need stillness in the morning. I need to be able to feel my entire being and check in with myself and check in with God and then go outside and be immersed in nature. All of my creativity is found there. My refuge is there. We all were hit with the sudden loss of Kobe Bryant. And after my body had the willingness to move, I just had to go outside and sit. And that's how any emotional day or stressful day, I have to immerse myself in nature so I can be recharged. If somebody looks at your Instagram, they will see all of the nature pictures. <laughs> I often tease you about <laughs> the communing with nature that you love to do. Yes. And I commune with good friends. Mm-hmm. And that is a level of self-care and self-love for myself. I look at how well I love myself and my choice of my chosen family and friends. I am fortunate to have just good people in my ecosystem. And so to me, that's self-care. And I like being in spaces of learning as well. So if I can go to a guest lecture, and I'm sure like this is the most nerdy thing ever, but I love it. Yeah. If Emory has something going on, I'm sitting in the back. I love to learn and it fills me up and it keeps me inspired to always learn. But I have to go back that when I'm consistent, I am good. But there are times and have been times when I forget the things that work, not just the hard parts of entrepreneurship, but the hard parts of being a woman, a black woman in this space can be exhausting and difficult to carry. So I forget what I know to be true, the things that I need, and my whole being suffers. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to get motivated. It's hard for me to build from where I rely on, and that's my vision. My body hurts. And now I've started to see if there's a block, I didn't block off enough time to take care of myself. If my body is hurting, not due to lifting weights, but just hurting, that means there's things stuck inside of me that I didn't even get a chance and got up and move enough. And so I am well when I'm consistent. Mm-hmm. And if I have any advice to share with anyone, the best thing that we can do to ourselves, for ourselves, is to be consistent with our self-care, even when we don't want to. Right. Even when it seems we're too busy and too much going on, like that mm-hmm. is what allows you to continue to do all the other things. Right. Yeah. So what challenges, and you kind of touched on this a little bit just now, what challenges would you say have been the most important for you to work through for your growth, both as a woman and an entrepreneur? Um, One of the present challenges that I experience is being in a social impact world and building a business in this model that does a social good and then sitting in rooms with people who do not see value in that. It's very black and white. Does it make money? Does it not? Would this make me more money? Okay, it won't. It'll make me feel good about myself. That's hard. Mm. And it's also hard sometimes to build in a city like Atlanta that illuminates Black excellence so brightly that it outshines the areas that need work. It doesn't show the cracks in the ecosystem. So you would think that if you come to Atlanta, start a business, it's going to be successful. And you're going to have all these people who support you because that's the narrative that is told in Atlanta. And there are pockets of that. There's still a clear divide between the have and the have not, the cool kids, the uncool kids. And I struggle 
because I told you if something I feel needs to be said, it hurts my being not to say it. A current struggle is how to champion for the people who need an ecosystem that the narrative that the city produces that is here and so rich for all of us. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. So how to kind of leverage what you've created in a way to kind of, again, give to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And to give to people in ways that their businesses can truly scale. Yeah. Yeah. But if you make something look so good, there's no opportunity to evaluate it. Mm-hmm. And I think just the struggles of sometimes occupying this body that I occupy is that it's necessary to evaluate things that look so perfect. And in this entrepreneur space, we do a disadvantage for every business that opens after us if we don't start to take a deep look in the ecosystem that is supposed to pour into all of us. Yeah, that's why I appreciate, you know, you've done several interviews on podcasts and on, you know, TV and all kinds of things. But I appreciate that level of transparency about like, yes, this can be really great, but these are some very real struggles that I've had, <laughs> right? And I want to I wanna help <laughs> you to recognize the whole picture, right? Yeah, it's been my goal to any opportunity that I get to speak to tell the truth, the truth as I've lived it, though, and to create my business in ways that if I create a thing that I know I need it, another business won't suffer the way I had to suffer. Now it's cool to be plant-based, but a couple of years ago, that impossible burgers weren't out. And what the hell, we hadn't seen it yet. And so people were not enthused about a marketplace that's going to feature hundreds of businesses and all the food is going to be plant-based and all the products are going to be organic. That wasn't cool yet. And the reason why I had to bet on myself with the support of my family and friends is because no one would, but I knew that it could be good. So I just bet on myself and I kept my job and I saved my money. The people who love me also betted on me as well. And so now when I hear concepts they may be a little bit ahead of their time. I give people what I needed, an opportunity to be unplugged and present and listen to them and listen to what they've done in their past and see if I can help them based on what they've done, all this other work they've done. Can they create this thing that may be a little bit ahead of their time? Because people that give me the decency of conversation. Anything else there? <laughs> I didn't know if you were there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a drop mic. Oh, oh mic drop. Got you. Got you. Mic we will drop, pause there. Pause there for yeah. <laughs> So what is next for the Village Market, Dr. Key? What Any exciting news or things you want to share with us about what's happening next? Growth and more growth and more growth, mm-hmm. more businesses, more amazing villagers who come to support Black-owned businesses, more programming for Beyond the Marketplace. I'm already going to put it out here. Another great opportunity with the Dr. Joy (laughs) (laughs) and all these amazing Black women therapists who hold space for all of us. But we are just getting started. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to our spring marketplace, March 28th and her village, March 29th. But just be patient. We're just getting started in the village and we're going to continue growing and getting stronger in our purpose and our mission and building an ecosystem where sisterhood is real and tangible. And then if you need support, you can reach out and it's just given to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. So where can people find you online? What's your website as well as any social media handles you want to share? 
You all, please follow my amazing, amazing Village Market at the Village Market ATL on all platforms. Our website is www.thevillagemarketatl.com. You can learn about the Village Market. You can learn about our programs beyond the marketplace. You can sign up for our mailing list. If you're a small business, you can sign up to be a vendor. If you just love Black-owned businesses, you can sign up to be a patron. But everything is found there. And every now and then, even though I'm a little unplugged from social media, I love to drop a gem on Dr. Key Hallman on Instagram. Do not follow me on Twitter. I really just got on there (laughs) to write my little status, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram. (laughs) Right. IG is where you can see her gems as well as her nature pictures. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Key. I really appreciate you sharing with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Doc. And I love you. Love you back. She's amazing, right? She is truly one of my favorite people. To check out more information about Dr. Key and to keep up with all the great things happening with the Village Market ATL, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash Dr. Key. Don't forget to share your takeaways with us on either Twitter or in your IG stories using the hashtag TBG in session. And if you'll be attending the Women of Power Summit, definitely let me know that as well. I'd love to see you there. Stay tuned for part two of our series dropping next Friday, where we'll chat with another amazing woman in business. Until then, take good care of yourself. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb. 
They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades. Say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.